nevermore. Gary Allen awoke with tears in his eyes, as he always did after dreaming of his late wife. He had slept fitfully, tossing and turning violently, in stark contrast to the serenity with which he had slumbered during Eleanor's life. He had dreamt that she lay by his side, and had felt her cool breath tickling the thick gray hairs on the back of his neck. He cried now, not because he missed her, or because he had been reminded of his loss, because it had been weeks since he had dreamt of her. He cried for the guilt he felt, but the tears halted as soon as he heard her voice. Good morning, good morning, her voice greeted him, light, airy, carefree, just as he remembered it. <sighs> good morning, Alfredo, Gary greeted the precocious nine-year-old African Grey that he had purchased for his wife on a whim before she had become sick. The bird ruffled its feathers noisily and began to whistle a sweet and simple little tune that Eleanor had taught him. I should really clean this place up, Gary said to himself, though he directed the comment to Alfredo. He said this almost every morning that he awoke with tears in his eyes. Gary lived alone in an apartment that Eleanor had always thought too small. Now, even though every inch of space was occupied by notes, napkins, food containers, and a litany of other forms of rubbish, the studio apartment felt far too large. How do you want your eggs? Alfredo squawked. Gary mumbled a profane response, but soft enough that the bird could not hear it. Though hearing his wife's words pour out of Alfredo's insensitive beak was a daily torment, he could not bear the thought of his own crude speech replacing his wife's. He did not know what limit there was to the bird's vocabulary. I'm going to the store today, Gary told the bird even though it showed no sign of interest in anything he ever did. And then I think I may go to the park, he continued. Let's go for a walk, Alfredo answered. Eleanor had enjoyed walking through the park, particularly toward the end of her illness. Gary often considered visiting the park, but had not gone once since his wife's passing. Gary waded through three feet of rubbish and arrived at the parrot's cage a short while later. He changed the water, cleaned the bottom of the cage, and filled the bird's dish with seed and bits of dried fruit that someone had told him the bird would enjoy. In Gary's experience, Alfredo had always eaten his way around the fruit, possibly out of spite. You're dirty, Alfredo chided the old man as he attended to the bird's needs. Dirty, 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 dirty old man, you're dirty. One of these days, I'm going to leave the window open and let a hawk take care of you once and for all, Gary responded. He chuckled softly at the idea of Alfredo trying to talk his way out of becoming lunch to a larger and fiercer bird. I hate you, Alfredo said. Hearing the words in his late wife's voice brought forth a surge of fresh tears from the old man's eyes. He fled the bird's side, leaving it to eat its breakfast as he prepared his own. Gary withdrew the last two Pop-Tarts from a box of thirty and placed them in the toaster. From the cage he heard soft laughter but focused his attention intently on the baking breakfast pastries, unsuccessfully attempting to drive the bird's soft laughter from his mind. What's so funny? he said after a while. The bird, of course, could not comprehend what he said. It was a mimic, nothing more, incapable of carrying out a real conversation. You, the bird answered, again in his wife's voice. Though only a coincidence to be sure, the bird's response sent a chill throughout Gary's body. You can be a real pest, you know that, Al? 
The Pop-Tarts emerged from the toaster noisily, startling Gary. He clutched at his chest, eager for pain that would signify a heart attack, but his escape from life was denied. Gary wolfed the pastries down and tossed the plate he had used onto an immense stack of dishes that spilled out of the sink and onto the counter. A blurry cloud of gnats and flies hovered over the mess, feasting on the rotting food that he had no will to remove. After breakfast, Gary showered hastily and dressed himself in a set of wrinkled golf clothes that Eleanor had purchased as a Father's Day gift long ago. Of course, they had had no children. Eleanor had insisted on celebrating the holiday every year, perhaps believing that by demonstrating to God her eagerness to make her husband a father as well, her wish would be granted. Instead, God had made him sterile, and his wife bitter, though she rarely exhibited any sign of resentment until right near the end. Gary knew those last few months, when his wife screamed and railed at him, that it was not truly her desire to hurt him, nor was she ever truly angry. Her body had been racked with pain from the cancer, and her heart had been filled with ten times as much pain, because there were no children to carry on after her. Alfredo was the closest thing she would have to a son. The parrot had gained most of its less-than-friendly vocabulary from Eleanor during the end of her life. Most of the time, the bird sounded as sweet and gentle as Eleanor had throughout the majority of the life she had spent with Gary. Now and then, as was the case this morning, the bird could sound as cruel and as heartless as Eleanor had been to her doting husband during the final stages of her illness. Gary bore no grudge against his late wife. His anger could best be directed toward the bird, though he never laid anything but a tender hand upon it. At times, however, the neighbors could hear the old man screaming feebly at his avian companion late into the night. Kind souls, they did not call the cops, but they did nothing to alleviate the shut-in suffering either. I'm leaving now, Gary said to Alfredo as he carefully worked his way through a maze of newspapers, coke bottles, and assorted trash. Go away! Go away! Go away! The bird screeched as Gary sifted through a pile of magazines on the kitchen table that concealed his house keys. I'm going. I may not come back, Gary answered as he found his keys and worked his way to the door. Someday I'm going to trip and break my hip, Gary said to himself. He thought for a moment about how horrible it would be to be immobilized, imprisoned in his apartment, stuck with only the bird for company. He laughed then, bitterly, for his life would remain unchanged by that scenario. Go away! Don't come back! Alfredo screeched as his owner vanished from the apartment and into the outside world. The light of the sun blinded Gary, and he found that he could not descend the set of wooden stairs until his eyes adjusted. In addition to being blinded by the light of day, the noises and smells of the city overwhelmed him. Somewhere a car alarm shrieked, as repetitive and obnoxious as Alfredo could often be. Sounds of traffic people yammering on cell phones and crass music blaring from some neighbor's apartment added to the noise pollution. Gary's heart beat heavily as he traveled down the stairs and into the overcrowded world that stood between him and the corner store. By the time that Gary returned to his apartment with all the groceries he would need for the following week, he was almost, but not quite, eager to return to the life of near isolation that waited him. I missed you? Alfredo shouted over and over as Gary entered his apartment. He set the groceries down on what little space there was on the counter. He was surprised to hear that his companion was in a good mood, though he knew that what the bird said and what it felt were not necessarily related. 
I missed you too, Gary replied, though he was talking to the subject of the bird's mimicry and not the bird itself. You ready for some exercise? He waded through dirty tissues and empty toilet paper rolls until he reached Alfredo's cage. He fumbled momentarily with the lock that was necessary to keep the bird imprisoned, then reached his arm into the cage to allow Alfredo to perch on it. The African Grey crawled cautiously onto the outstretched arm. Though it had known its master for years, it still did not fully trust his intentions. It seemed almost as if the bird were capable of perceiving the deep hatred that burned within Gary Allen. I love you, Alfredo crooned. He repeated this several times over, managing to match the very intonation that Eleanor had used when speaking the same words. Gary stroked the bird softly, closing his eyes, deluding himself. A knock at the door ripped him from his revelry and shattered the illusion he had almost successfully lost himself in. Who's there? The old man croaked, not at all eager to unseat himself and make the burdensome trek to the door. Nobody answered, and Gary quickly dismissed the occurrence. I should never have married you, Alfredo crooned. Gary's stomach lurched. Acid poured through his veins. Those words had been spoken only once by his wife. The bird was sharp, but it could not have learned a phrase from a single recitation. I should never have bought you, Gary snapped back as soon as the shock of the parrot's effrontery wore off. You're not a man. You're not a man. You're not a man, Alfredo shrieked. Gary jerked his arm outward, casting his companion free from his perch and into the air. Alfredo squawked bitterly as he flew away from the owner to seek a new perch. The bird fluttered about the room vainly, searching for a surface on which to land. Finally, it came to rest on top of the television. You bastard! You bastard! The bird screeched as soon as it had settled. Gary tunneled into the nearest pile until he found a pink slipper, graying with age. Eleanor had worn this slipper and its twin to bed every night for over twenty years before dying. Now the slipper served as a missile that Gary hurled violently in the bird's direction. It crashed against the television screen with a soft thud. Alfredo did not budge, nor did he scream in protest. The bird did not so much as blink in response to Gary's assault. Gary hurled insults and epithets in the bird's direction with an equal lack of success. Alfredo had long grown accustomed to his temper and only seldom responded or retaliated. Gary believed that the bird had learned that its silence could often be as irritating as its speech. I'm sorry, Gary said after his rage subsided. As old and angry as he was, he was not fully immune to guilt. Alfredo remained mute and inattentive. Gary turned the television on and swept quickly through the handful of channels that the antenna could receive. Not satisfied by the choices, he turned the television off and sifted through a growing pile of medical textbooks. After several minutes of determined searching, Gary successfully retrieved a small textbook on rare medical disorders of the brain and nervous system. Over the past week, he had scoured through everything he could find on afflictions of the heart, and before that he had covered the endocrine system. He understood little of what he read. He had been a grocer and knew nothing of medicine and medical disorders before his wife had become sick. When she had been diagnosed, he purchased every related text he could find. The books, then, had filled only a single bookshelf. Now, for quite different reasons, Gary Allen had amassed a small library of medical texts and journals on almost every imaginable malady and affliction that a man his age could conceivably suffer from. 
Now the books were no longer sequestered neatly between panels of wood. His collection had spilled out of the shelf and dominated much of the landfill that his apartment had become submerged in. In nearly every corner of the room, and many points in between, books on devastating diseases and disorders were strewn haphazardly. Underneath the veneer of hamburger wrappers, old newspapers, receipts, and other flotsam ran a rich vein of pathology and pestilence. Kreutzfeldt-Jacob disease, Gary murmured to himself. Fatal disease of the brain. Gary scanned several pages of text on the subject, skipping lengthy portions of medical jargon that he could not quite comprehend. You can get it from eating infected beef, Gary said wistfully. He made a mental note to purchase more steaks the next time he visited the store, though his pension had already been stretched thin this month. Causes muscular spasms and dementia, Gary continued. He turned to Alfredo, who was still busy shunning him. You think I'm crazy, Bird? Go to hell! Go to hell! Alfredo responded. Gary cursed softly at the bird and returned his attention to the textbook on his lap. He did not realize that he had fallen asleep and found himself quite startled when woken by a heavy rapping. He rose unsteadily to his feet and slowly tread the brief but difficult distance to the door. He peered through the peephole but saw nothing. How do you like that, Al? How do you like that? Damn kids. Please don't leave me. Please don't leave. Please? Alfredo answered. Gary could feel his heart grow icy. Razors raked his insides. Again. The bird had repeated something from his wife's final day of life. Eleanor had pleaded with him over and over not to leave her side as she breathed her final breaths. Oddly, he had never intended to abandon her in her final hours of life. Though she had berated him relentlessly for not giving her any offspring, he had never given any thought to leaving her side until she broached the subject. Do you want to go back in your cage? Gary asked as he lowered himself once more into the barca lounger that dominated the center of the room. He traced his fingers lightly across cigarette burns that Eleanor had made in the armrests. He laughed softly, remembering how he had accused his wife of damaging the chair intentionally to force him to purchase a new and more fashionable replacement. She had confessed to the crime with a smile and a wicked twinkle in her eye that left no room in Gary's heart for anger or frustration. We had some good times, Gary whispered. From atop the television, the African Grey cocked its head and its eyes, unblinking, focused intently on Gary's own. "'Where are you going? Where are you going? Please don't leave me!' the bird screamed. Enraged, Gary leapt to his feet and balled his fists tightly, but his body mutinied against him and he could not enact his violent intentions against the pet bird. Gary tried to immerse himself once more in the book of neurological ailments, but lost focus each time the bird repeated its cry. His nerves itched with anger, and also with remorse as memories of his wife's death wormed their way out of the cracks and fissures of his brain. Please don't leave me! Please don't leave! I'm not leaving you, damn it! Gary screamed at last, hurling his book at the wall behind Alfredo. Though the bird did not flinch, he remained silent and sullen for several minutes, affording his master a brief episode of respite. Gary sank back into the comforting embrace of his recliner and pulled the lever on the side, kicking out the footrest. He thumbed the power switch on the remote control and once more sought escape within the television's sedating glow. Gary immersed himself fully in a rerun of Gunsmoke. He had forgotten his anger and his angst until the commercial break. An ad ran for a company soliciting donations to treat children suffering from Hodgkin's disease. 
Gary writhed with envy and grew nauseous from a sensation of extreme, cosmic injustice. He no longer believed in God, not in a traditional sense, but nevertheless he implored the Almighty to perform an exchange. God had not permitted that bargain during his wife's ailment, and Gary very much doubted that the burden of life would be taken from him any more readily now. I'm a coward, Gary pronounced. Prompted, Alfredo ceased his pouting and spoke again. You're a coward! You're a coward! Tears sprang once more to the old man's eyes, unbidden. He cursed himself this time, rather than the bird, for now it spoke the truth. Do it! Do it! Please do it! Alfredo screamed. Do it for me! Please! Just do it! Alfredo screamed. I'll kill you if you don't shut up! Gary screamed and realized to his own amazement that he finally meant what he said. He shuffled into the kitchen and withdrew a rusty, blunt-edged butcher's knife. Shut up! He screamed once more, displaying the lifeless blade menacingly. Do it! Do it! The bird repeated, its voice as shrill and high-pitched as his wife's had been those last few hours. Gary howled in frustration, but dropped the knife. He clenched and unclenched his fists, imagining the bird's fragile neck snapping in his grip. But he could not bring himself to do it. He could not take a life. I can't do it, he whimpered at last. Please, please kill me, Alfredo moaned softly. No, Gary whispered, falling to his knees and wiping away the salty beads from his eyes with his sleeve. Please, 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 the bird crooned over and over, a living record malfunction. You are cruel, Gary hissed. You're the cruel one, the bird said. The preciseness of its reply did not faze him. He no longer saw Alfredo and no longer heard him. How can you say that, Gary groaned. Dirty man, dirty, dirty man. Please stop, Gary begged. Coward, you're such a coward, coward, dirty, dirty coward, Alfredo shrieked. I hate you. Gary answered softly. It was one of the last things his wife had ever heard him say. Please, please help me, Alfredo repeated. Gary shook his head limply. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, Gary cried. He fell prostrate before the parrot and moaned in agony and dread. Kill me, please kill me, the parrot whispered softly, carefully, as if only a half dozen breaths were left in its life. Stop! Stop that now! Gary intended a shout, but little more than a croak escaped his pale pink lips. I love you, the bird crooned softly. For a moment, brief and fleeting, the illusion shattered and Gary was once more aware that he was acting out a scene that had long since passed. The bird bore him no ill will. He was acting like a madman. Then the bird spoke again, and the tattered shreds of Gary Allen's sanity were rent apart and tossed into the wind. Edgar, please help me. I can't do this anymore. I can't. I'm begging you to help me. No, I won't. I won't. Bastard! Alfredo screamed. No, please no. Coward! Please don't do this. Not this way. Please don't. I hate you. Go away. Leave me alone. Eleanor! Gary sobbed. Why? Why? Don't you love me? Go away, Alfredo screamed again, then fell silent as the old man rose quickly to his feet and marched toward the door. 
Dozens of trinkets and keepsakes crumbled underneath his feet as he crossed the room. Shattered memories of the life of bliss he once had led. I'm leaving, he said softly as his hand grasped the doorknob. For once, he was certain that he meant it. There was nothing in the apartment that he cared about, including himself. It was her wish, her command, not his. I'm leaving, he repeated, eager for words that would halt his progress. One word was all that was needed. I'm leaving, he shouted, but the bird remained perched indifferently on the television, watching him passively. I'm not coming back this time, he muttered to himself. Just as he began to turn the knob, there was a heavy knock on the door. Furious, he ripped the door open, eager to meet the other antagonist in his life. No one stood on the other side of the door, and for a moment Gary was shocked enough that he forgot his agony. Then, by instinct, he looked down. A cat sat on its haunches, hollow-eyed and thin, black with blue eyes and shabby fur. It clearly needed a meal and a home. Sorrow flooded out and pity poured in as Gary stared down at the helpless, frail creature. A hunter turned beggar. Hey, little guy, Gary whispered, bending down to stroke the cat's head gently. The cat purred eagerly and rubbed itself possessively against Gary's leg. Go away! Go away! Alfredo screamed. Gary laughed heartily, his dour mood shattered by the feline's presence. He heard not his wife now, but rather a bird, jealous and fearful of the presence of another. Why don't you come in? Gary said softly to the cat. He promised food, warmth, shelter, and love to the poor wretch. The cat purred even louder and entered the small wasteland, accepting his invitation without hesitation. Maybe we can help each other out, Gary said as he closed the door behind his new companion. Gary Allen stooped down and lifted the bundle of fur into his arms. He crossed the room, carefully this time, and presented the young black cat to Alfredo. The cat licked its lips greedily. How do you like your new friend? Gary asked the bird as he set the cat down on his recliner. I hate you, the bird answered, ruffling its feathers. I'm going to the park, Gary replied. You two get to know each other while I'm gone. I'm sure you'll be very close by the time I get back. Gary laughed softly as he locked the door to his apartment. There were still hours of daylight left. The sun had already passed its zenith and the afternoon air was crisp and cool. A light breeze passed through town as Gary walked along the sidewalk towards the park, whistling cheerfully the entire way.